If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still listening, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Hi guys, welcome to episode 18 of Slaughter. Lucy and Emma here for you. Yep, we are both definitely here. For you. Only for you. And your friends. And a bit for us. Mostly for you. What I'm going to do is bring you a story. Um, The research is mostly from a book, Life Means Life, by Nick Appleyard. Um, Really interesting, just looks into the murders of people that were given life meaning life. So only the really horrid ones. So this starts with a guy called Robert Lotz. He was a wealthy builder and his sons had been involved in this long-running feud with another young man who was called Vincent Smart. So Lotz claimed that Smart was harassing and bullying his sons and he wanted to put a stop to it. So summer 2004, he decided that the best way to stop this man, Vincent Smart, from being mean to his sons was to hire someone to sort Vincent out. Right. Basically just scare him off or rough him up. Can't he sort him up? Who knows? Well, exactly. Maybe he was, like, really skinny. He, well, Lotz was... builder, though. Lotz has always maintained that he never intended to have Smart killed. He just wanted to scare him. But if you only wanted someone to have a stern word with him, that's literally something you should be doing yourself. Is it like that, um... Oh, Mitchell and Webb's, they do a, a bit where it's like, um, and I want you to sort him out. And the other guy's like, did you mean kill him? He says, no, I want you to take the rubbish out. He's like, no, would you just say, yeah. if you want me to kill him, you need to say you need to kill him. And he just, he won't say it. I think it's pretty much that. Because <laughs> unless you, like I say, the only reason you would hire someone to come and do it is if you want them to do something violent that you're not willing to do. Yeah. Lots contacted his brother-in-law, Wayne Wright, who in turn contacted a guy called Victor Dark, which has to be a fake name. This is like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Like, he's... Victor Dark. This Victor Dark is supposed to be like this underworld connection. Victor Dark. 
That's like a magician name. Yeah. <laughs> and but then Victor Dark finally hired this guy, Paul Glenn. And at trial, it was said by... I mean, I know I'm hitting you with a lot of names. It'll get clear. At trial, it was said by Rex Ted, the prosecution, that Lotz and Wright were two customers, while Dark and Glenn were the two mercenaries. Paul Glenn was no stranger to this kind of work. When he was 17, he'd previously served 13 years in prison for the murder of Ivor Usher, um... Ivor was a like a hotelier in Blackpool, kind of a fabulous single gay man living the life in Blackpool, um, until Glenn and his accomplice had intend come over and intended to rob the safe of his guest house. All right, I need a quick recap. So we've got the builder is Robert Lutz, and he hired his brother-in-law Wayne Wright. Wayne Wright and Victor Dark is an underworld contact. And the other guy is... The contract killer. Right. The main ones you need to know are Glenn, Paul Glenn, the killer, and Robert Lotz is the guy that hired him. Right. Through some middlemen. But Paul Glenn had previous. So him and his accomplice had gone to rob Ivor Usher's guest house in 89. And while Usher was tied up, Glenn got carried away and beat Usher to death and with both a wrench and a bar stool. I mean, that's more than getting carried away, isn't it? That's like... Definitely more than carried away. Having a funny Like, you can... If he was doing one job and got carried away, but then he dropped that weapon and then picked up a chair to carry on bashing him. Yeah, that's seeing red. That's not getting carried away. That's fucking disgusting is what that is. But as this wasn't quite the plan, Glenn then attempted to destroy all the evidence by setting fire to the building. Okay. Um, I mean, wrenches don't burn. That's a problem, isn't it? So on hearing this, why not assume that this guy is the perfect candidate for dealing with a local bully? Well, the one who got caught. The one who got caught (laughs) for smashing a guy's face into death. I'm going to hire the hitman who got caught. No. And also the man that agreed to do it for £300. Yeah, too cheap. No. That's some backstreet kind of hitman. I was considering having a discussion on how much would you have to kill someone I was like no that could definitely be handed over to the police as evidence but definitely not for 300 pounds no that's too cheap the 8th of june 2004 glenn arrived in the cambridgeshire village of farset wearing a hoodie overcoat and black gloves and turned up at the house of vincent smart at around 7 55 p.m now i know we're talking uk england but our summers are not that bad that you need to wear a hoodie and an overcoat and gloves in June. No. Like, basically... Well, sometimes. Well, how can you... What's the biggest... If you want to appear inconspicuous in a leafy green Cambridgeshire village, dressing like a grizzly bear is not the way to do it. <laughs> I think, basically, he must have just thought, well, whatever they do on Midsummer Murders, I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> he definitely went overkill. And he did get noticed. Some... Witnesses later remarked, we saw him and thought, this is weird, why is he wearing gloves in summer? That man looks like he's going to go do a murder. Yeah, at the very least, he looked like a very chilly robber. (laughs) So, inside the house, uh, Vincent Smart's housemate, 25-year-old Robert Bogle and his girlfriend, Angelina Walker, were cooking dinner when a dark figure kicked down the kitchen door. It was Paul Glenn. (laughs) Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so Glenn had brought a kitchen knife with him. 
bit unnecessary if you go into the kitchen first. But he brought his own kitchen knife with him and immediately began to stab Robert Bogle. I mean, just check it's the right guy first. He definitely should have checked it was the right guy. Because not only was it the wrong person's name, Bogle was black and Vincent Smart was white. Like, he had... It was nowhere near the right person. <laughs> if I see a man, I'll stab him. Like, Pretty much that's what he did. Go in. If, if I'm just going to wave this knife around. If you happen to get in the way of it. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. Um, so he tried to fight off the attacks, and he'd received stab wounds to his hands, arms, cheek, and eventually his heart. I mean, to get stabs to your hands, yeah. he was really trying to get in the way of that knife. Mm-hmm. Really fighting back. His girlfriend, um, hidden behind the sofa, absolutely scared for her life, when Robert staggered to the kitchen door, um, which left bloodied handprints on the wall where he tried to steady himself on his way out onto the street. A group of teenage girls were walking back from the chip shop and they saw Robert covered in blood and clutching at his chest, so they began to call for an ambulance. And... Bogle continued to seek assistance. He was banging on windows of the shop, the house, and the next door, and eventually collapsed onto the ground outside. So this same group of teenagers were the ones that saw Glenn. They saw him stroll down the alleyway at the side of Bogle's house, and they later testified that they'd one point considered this whole thing must be a hoax because this guy's the attacker and he's just walking away so calmly. They well, because there's just some freaking teenage girls who aren't doing shit about it there. They're taking selfies. The girls were the ones that were like, this is, like, how is this real? Why would he be scared of a group of teenage girls? Like, is it just that he wasn't running? Yeah, the fact that he just was walking, just, like, walking past. Like, oh, well. Don't give it up. So, Vincent Smart, the intended victim, was not even in the house that night. He was house-sitting for his parents a few streets away. So, basically, Paul Glenn had just made a litany of fuck-ups. Number one... He accepted £300 for what he thought was a kill job. Number two, he dressed like a fucking yeti. Number three, he didn't ask what his name was. And number four, he didn't even notice what ethnicity he was. I mean, you can go so far as, like, he was truly colourblind. Like, when people are like, oh, I don't see race, I'm colourblind. He's a man. Yeah. I'm but supposed like, to kill a man. I'm going to kill a man. He doesn't look right, but I don't want to be thought of as a racist. That's the last <laughs> thing I want. If I've got to go to prison for murder, let no one say I was racist. I mean, there's enough black people being targeted just for being black without also targeting them when they're... Because you think they're a white guy. (laughs) It's definitely not his fault. Mobile phone records placed Glenn in the village at the time of the murder, as well as showing that calls were made between him and Robert Lotz and his brother-in-law, Wayne Wright, both in the build-up to the murder and in the aftermath. There was other forensic evidence, such as... Paul Glenn's skin was under Robert Bogle's fingernails where he'd attempted self-defence. So he was definitely placed at the scene. There was no way he could get out of it. So, Paul Glenn used a tried and tested line of defence to get out of it. I'm a nutter. No, that's the second one. Right. The first one is the shaggy defence. Well, I was trying to shag him. It wasn't me. Oh, right. I was trying to shag him, but uh, I just thought it was a sex no. game. Shaggy is in uh, the amazing rapper. Uh, oh, yeah. So basically, he said, you might have seen me there, but it wasn't me. He claimed the murder had actually been committed by another person, Steve. <laughs> wasn't me. Steve. It was this guy, Steve. He didn't know Steve's last name. He didn't know Steve's contact details. 
but he knows that Steve was there and it was definitely Steve that did it. <laughs> so he went on to say that basically he was meeting Steve to buy some cannabis from him and thought, well, I'll bring him along to the house anyway because it'll be convenient for him to meet me there at the house where I'm going to do someone in. So he was honest about the fact he'd gone there to do someone in? He hadn't. He'd actually said that what he was planning to do was just speak to Vincent Smart as a mediator to this situation. <laughs> that he'd been hired to come and talk to him calmly. So it's like ACAS, he's going to try and fix it before it goes to court. Yeah. Well, basically, he was saying that if I bring this cannabis deal around, I'll be able to give him some, and like as a peace offering, and everything will be fine. And then he said, well, what I did was I went upstairs to look for Vincent. And while I was so busy searching the rooms upstairs, Steve got stabby downstairs. <laughs> um, so he claimed you're right. I mean, how hard do you have to look for something? It's like a farce when you go see a play. Like, I'll just go look up here. Like, it takes like 20 seconds. Yeah, to look. is he here? No. So he claimed that when he arrived back downstairs, Steve was already exiting through the back door where Bogle was following him. And to explain the presence of the DNA under his fingernails, Glenn said that he tried to hold Bogle back to stop him from following Steve, and he'd pulled away and got out anyway. I mean, the guy had been stabbed so many times, and yet he was stronger than you and managed to get out. So what are your thoughts on the Steve theory? It's bullshit. Yeah, pretty much is. The prosecution (laughs) had, like, no time for it. Rex Ted... He used the footprint evidence at the scene and took this to Salty Town. He basically was like, Steve must have been wearing identical trainers to either the victim or Glenn's identical Timberlands. Otherwise, this man, Steve, is not just a man with no surname, no address, no mobile phone. He's a man with no feet. I bet he just pulled his moustache just a little bit right at the end of that speech as well. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's like, oh, well, then Steve clearly doesn't have feet, does he? (laughs) Uh, The trial lasted for five weeks, listening to bullshit about Steve, no Steve. After (laughs) which, Glenn was unanimously found guilty and sentenced to life, meaning life. So, Robert Lotz, who, and his brother-in-law, Wayne Wright, who'd done the hiring, they were jailed for four and five years, respectively, after admitting to conspiring to cause grievous bodily harm. So they said, yeah, we did want to beat him up, but it had gone too far. But the story doesn't end there. So Paul Glenn tried to appeal his whole life sentence, but it was upheld. There were literally no mitigating circumstances. Like There was no reason why he'd gone there other to kill someone. He'd been paid for it. And he'd been convicted of a murder before. He'd been paid to go in. Like There's no chance they were letting him out. However, so February the 3rd, 2007, he managed to date someone enough to get them married. How are they doing it? And he was married in the chapel at Whitemore High Security Prison to a lady named Paula Kelly. And she celebrated her wedding night with friends, but no consummation. With friends? Yeah, like, because he's not allowed out. I'll go out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like she, they had to marry and then she had to leave and she had like a reception with some friends she and not him. have a little glory hole or anything. No, they're not allowed and he would like they're never allowed to have um, conjugal visits. No relations. That's it. So obviously blue balls is apparently a thing because Glenn decided that he was going to have to escape the prison. Um, so David Bieber, I don't know if you've heard of him, he was known as a cop killer, he came from America, and Keith Stewart were also part of this plan. 
and the three of them decided the best way to do it was to get a hold of a gun. And they would obtain this by smuggling in the weapon during the wedding of another prisoner to a former prison worker. What they then intended to do was hold the prison officials hostage and make their escape in a prearranged getaway car. I mean, it's been done before. I think it's the shittest plan. Like, basically, we're just going to... Everyone's going to know that we've escaped, so they're immediately going to be after you. Like, it's not really a... It's not fucking Shawshank Redemption, is it? It's like, we're (laughs) going to fuck things up, we'll get out. The only way that that's going to end is by you getting caught. No, Unless you've got the fucking DeLorean, your car is not going to get away fast enough. (laughs) It's not happening. So, they didn't even get to that point. Because the plan was foiled before it came into fruition. And all three men were put into solitary confinement... And they were given striped uniforms um, that escapees have to wear. Like, the black and white stripes is actually a thing. Um, really? I mean, that's quite cool. But I was thinking, why advertise it? Like, if I'm in prison and I see three guys walking around in the stripy ones, I'm like, right, if they're down for an escape plan. Yeah. Like, I know who to contact now. They've obviously got contacts that can help them. And some sources say that this is due to a tip-off from another inmate. Um, because a fourth prisoner had to be moved at the same time, what they think is for protection. Whereas other sources, such as a spokeswoman for the prison, <laughs> said that they would court them due to the excellent and dynamic security systems that they have in place. Yeah, of course they do. They overheard a guy say it in the corridor. It's the security systems. They are excellent. As Nosey in... Nelly and Rick the Snitch. <laughs> Doing great. That's just my code word for it. And so the final little tidbit to this tale is that in 2011, a 41-year-old woman from the same Cambridge village had a falling out with a teenage girl, a friend apparently. I don't know what kind of relationship that is where a 41-year-old woman makes friends with a teenage girl at a bus stop. Yeah, I mean... But she did, apparently. It's weird, but I had a a friend that I used to walk the dog with and she was like 80. Aww. And like, I genuinely thought of her as my friend. Aww. But then I'm not, I'm not a teenage girl. Do you want us to come to the Hindu? Um, to be fair, she'd be more fun than my mum. Oh shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, the friendship wasn't great because they fell out. And they had an altercation at a bus stop. Where the woman in question, this Yvonne Cheney, was sentenced to community service for attacking this girl. Who was 16 at the time. But it's alleged that she scrawled death threats to the girl all over her probation papers. So, as apparently is the custom in this part of Cambridgeshire, Yvonne Cheney then hoped to murder her problems away (laughs) and sent a note to the home of Robert Lotz, the guy that hired Paul Glenn, offering him £5,000 if he would hire someone to kill her don't victim. ask him clearly it didn't work she's like he knows people no he, he doesn't he knows one weird guy who got caught this is the worst plan this is a teenage girl's plan well it didn't go well because the police were given the note and basically they, they went to she hadn't signed it but they went to the victim who was named on the note and said do you know who might want to kill you and she's like <laughs> yes yeah. this fucking psycho bitch that's been giving me threats this whole time so Cheney was then sentenced to an indefinite hospital order with continuing treatment. I mean, clearly she's a bit dangerous. Yeah. So. I mean, she obviously heard that story and thought, this is a brilliant plan. I want to emulate this. If anyone can help me, it's this bunch of jokers. Yeah. 
that's my story. Lovely. Okay, so I'm looking at a horrible tale, um, which is Donald Nielsen, the Black Panther, which is from the 70s. It's a pretty famous one, if you're British. I reckon if you're not... If you're American, you might think of the Black Panthers that were also around in the 70s or 60s. Yeah, you might do. This is one guy. He wasn't black. Or Bagheera. What's that? A Black Panther from the Jungle Book. Yeah. There are lots of Black Panthers that we could talk about. I'm going to talk about the one that did a murder. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I think I'll stick with this. I mean, the research is done, so... Might as well. Yeah. Uh, he was born August 1st, 1936, and he grew up then in wartime Britain. So uh, he had... Um, his father was a strict disciplinarian. Um, he was named at birth Donald Nappy. So he had the last name Nappy, which resulted in a lot of bullying, as you can expect. Dirty Nappy... Think of any other good ones? Full nappy? Empty nappy? Crappy nappy. Crappy nappy. Anyway, he wasn't happy about it. He wasn't a happy nappy. <laughs> he was an unhappy nappy. Unhappy nappy. <laughs> You're just thinking of nappy jokes now. because I, I wouldn't call these jokes, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other ones. I just say words that sound the same. Uh, he was also quite short. Oh. A wee chappy nappy. A baby uh, nappy. Baby nappy. Okay, we've got to start. This is yeah. dull for everyone. <laughs> Apart from us. At age 10, um, his mother died of breast cancer. So he's left with oh, his father, shit. who was a disciplinarian. He was caught shoplifting the next year. So he kind of fell apart. He reportedly had quite an unhappy childhood. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of information about it, but I know that everyone kind of latched onto the fact that he committed a crime the year after his mother died. So I guess that's sort right. of evidence, but he wasn't. I don't think he was out sort of like killing animals and stuff. There was no real massive markers. He was him. an angry young man, as you would be if your mum yeah. died. Uh, aged 18, he was conscripted. So it was uh, at that point, you legally had to serve two years in the British Army if you're a man, and that was mandatory. And he loved mm-hmm. it. He had a great time. Oh, he, that's good. Found a vocation. He failed his training. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, Wasn't putting the effort in, were you? But a lot of people A said, for enjoyment, D for effort. <laughs> a lot of people said he did that so he could do it again, though. Because oh, he loved it. Bloody loved so it. Bloody much. Um, so he, it was a 10-week training course, so he did it twice. Well, didn't anyone tell him, like, you know, if you pass, you get to do this for a job. You get to do different bits. They will actually pay you now. <laughs> so um, he only asked for one break, and that was to secretly marry his childhood sweetheart, Irene. So... They got married in secret. I mean, it sounds like the perfect wedding because it was just them there. Didn't even tell the families. Why would you need to do it in secret, though, unless she was butters? Possibly. I'll marry you, but don't tell anyone. Well, maybe her family didn't want to know. Maybe she didn't want to be called Mrs. Nappy. Yeah, true. So uh, then they had a daughter, Catherine, and he left the army to live with his family because he wanted to be there for his daughter. And he changed the name from Nappy. Nappy! He basically said, I'm not having her go through the nightmare I've gone Especially through. Especially not now we've called her Catty Nappy. Uh, so he changed it to Nielsen. Um, oh. di- didn't necessarily know anyone called Nielsen. He just liked the name, apparently. He did odd jobs, uh, but he didn't really have much of a career or keep jobs going. Um, so he was doing a lot of small jobs. And he was very aware of immigrants. And he would think coming into the country, taking our jobs or living off benefits. And he didn't like it. So 
He became quite angry. You've made it quite clear that you aren't actually very good at getting jobs. I don't think they're stealing a job that you are capable of getting. Yeah, like, if they're better than you, then surely they're going to get hired. So he became pretty angry and bitter about this. I mean, I don't think it was just immigrants. I think it was people around him had jobs and he couldn't get one. And I guess he kind of looked for the examples of, like, oh, they've got a job and they've got a job and I can't have one. And I'm entitled to one because I was born here, apparently. Where's the birth certificate? Show me. I mean, if we look back, everyone's an immigrant, really, aren't they? Disappointingly, I'm not. Like, my family tree is so boring. If I ever become famous enough to do Who Do You Think You Are, they will axe the fucking episode. Because... (laughs) Just all British. Just coal miners till the fucking death. So, instead of trying harder to get a job, he began burgling houses of people who had more money than him. And he... I think he had took some sort of pride in this. He sort of saw it as a bit of a career and he kept the newspaper cuttings of the burglaries. Yeah, like, how dare all these immigrants work legally? I'm going to nick stuff because I'm better than them. (laughs) Basically. The logic is fucked. So he kept newspapers and I think it was kind of like, here's what I did. But I'm actually achieving something. That's pretty stupid. I mean, just keeping the evidence. If anyone finds that, clearly it's going to be incredibly obvious he obviously thought there's no way that they'll trace it to me like i've got no links yeah and i think he, he did get kind of arrogant i mean he did 400 burglaries in the end Shite. that's a lot that's like that is a lot that's in how many years he's going out like every other day yeah he did it a lot and sometimes he did well sometimes he didn't do well but he, like sometimes he'd get a massive haul and he'd you know kind of live off that for a while i often think that though if someone does break into my house all that they'll have done is caused a shitload of cleaning up because i've got nothing worth yeah, stealing i've got nothing we leave our door unlocked most of the time just nothing to i don't take. think i've got anything that's worth over 20 pounds i let work but it- hey everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And I'm like, help yourself. There's <laughs> sod all here, mate. If you want some literature books, you know, off you go. His family had no idea about the robberies. His wife and his daughter didn't know what was going on. They just thought he was going out doing these odd jobs. He gets paid in watches. Yeah. They had no idea, but apparently they sort of Where's, where's with... this week's wages? Oh, I didn't... I spent them already. They've come in this form of a sofa and several pairs of earrings. <laughs> yeah. This pearl necklace. He wanted to make a little bit more money. So he... Basically, he was doing all this robbing... All the time. Putting in the hard slog. Getting him down. Long hours. It's basically the night shift. Sometimes coming away with nothing. I mean, you've got a feel for the guy. So, in the end... Do you have to feel for him? No, you don't. You've got to feel like he's a swap. So, in the end, he came up with a new plan. Um, and he right. thought, right, instead of just robbing houses, I'm going to rob post offices. So, now, if you think of post offices there... Because stamps are legal tender. They are. All of the stamps. And bloody expensive now. Exactly. I sent out wedding invites. Cost me like 30 quid. Um, In fact, scrap that. If you do burgle my house, please don't steal the stamps. <laughs> yeah, I need those. Um, so he uh, he targeted post offices, but a lot of the time these weren't like like a shop. These were like people lived there. And it, it's like, you know, like you used to have a corner shop, you'd have people yeah. living upstairs. It was like people that would sort of Subbing the post office and they'd live there and they were the post office master or mistress um so he would spend quite a lot of time putting in the time studying the layout of the post office in preparation um and getting ready and he'd collect sort of outfits he'd have all black to wear so he'd have his his outfits ready and i think he kind of enjoyed it because it kind of felt like gave him something to do so like doing the research for the podcast it felt like he was getting something done like oh i'm putting in the time and i've got an end result here but obviously the prick version. He took a gun as well. I know we always slag off America, but they do get guns in Britain as well. And he became increasingly more violent in his crimes in these post offices because people sometimes, quite rightly, wanted to protect their property. At some point, it's going to be having to do a bit of travelling because, like, once you've done the post offices within walking distance of where you live, like, what are you going to do? Like, there's only that so many yeah. post offices. He spread himself around. Like, he didn't just target one area. Like, he would drive for miles for this. So in Lancashire, Nielsen... Oh, cre- shit, he was. Yeah. He crept into a post office and he wore a hood and he entered the bedroom of the occupants. So a lot of the time what he'd do is sneak upstairs, go into the bedroom and find the key for the safe or whatever they kept the money in from the bedroom while they were asleep, which is why he came across as the Black Panther because he was quite good at creeping. he was so good at creeping. (gasps) So, Leslie Richardson... I'm not good at creeping. No, I'd just be like stumbling all over, stubbing my toes, swearing. Um, So, Leslie Richardson, the postmaster um, at this one house in Lancashire, leapt out of bed... And decided that he was going to tackle Nielsen. He was like, I'm not taking this. Um, They struggled. Shots were fired into the ceiling. Richardson managed to pull off Nielsen's hood. So he saw her. And uh, Nielsen stamped on Richardson's feet. Which kind of made me think of like... Do you know in uh, Bridget Jones the first one where they have that fight in the street and they're like struggling and stamping? But he did break his foot. 
Like he stomped on his feet. He's really good at creeping, but with incredibly heavy feet. Yeah. That's the skill. And then he kneed him in the groin and then he he fled. So, I mean, it just saw that he was willing to fight, but he... The police now had a description of him. So they'd seen his face. His 10th post office, the robbery was a family in Harrogate. So he's travelling all over the country. The Skepper family were inside sleeping. He turned off the power to the alarm. So they had an alarm and entered the building. He couldn't find the keys. So he went upstairs and he went into the 18-year-old son's bedroom. And he got the son at gunpoint and said, right, you look for the keys then because I can't find them. Get someone else to do the job. He couldn't find them either. I mean, he's 18-year-old, so he doesn't give a shit, does it? you don't know if he's as good as creeping as you. That's a risk. Maybe you could pick him up. Like, I'll piggyback you to find the keys, because <laughs> I don't trust your creeping skills. Uh, so the post... Um, so then he said, right, well, go in and ask your dad at gunpoint. So he sent the kid in. We went in with him, but they basically said, right, I need the keys. The postmaster, again, leapt out of bed, attacked Nielsen. They were... The postmasters took it seriously. They were like, we are guarding the post with our lives. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of these guys were like ex-army guys. So they were like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking this shit. And he shot the father and he died immediately. So he shot the father in front of his whole family. I mean, horrific. Horrific. This guy comes in and Nielsen didn't give a shit, to be honest. Like, he, brazen, like... he was like, part of the job. This is just a... What's something that might go wrong? Occupational in. hazard. Yeah. Someone might die. And that's it. Um, they they gave a description and they they told the police that he was only five foot six. So they're like, yeah, he's really short, but he's still a prick. Nielsen continued to rob the post offices and he cashed the postal orders and he'd take them miles away because you can trace them back to where they came from. Yeah. So he'd travel miles and then he'd cash the postal orders. Um, but then he'd do it under like annoying names trying to get at the police. So it's like, beware. Or like stupid names like, I don't know, come and get me. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, fuck you, cops. He also had rules. He had an escape route every time, mm-hmm. which is probably downstairs and out the door. I would have thought. How many ways out are there? And he uh, would never take an accomplice with him. So he worked alone and only ever alone. Panthers walk alone. He he ended up killing two more postmasters. So Derek Astin was an ex-Royal Marine and he um, fought back with a vacuum cleaner, which happened to be by the bed. Nice. So it was one of those days. You can do damage in one of those. But he ended if up... anyone's tried hoovering drunk, you'll know. Yeah, it's ver- you've got vacuum cleaner versus gun. Derek Aston died. And Sidney Grayland, he was a former prisoner of war. Nielsen shot Sidney and attacked his wife. And two policemen happened to be nearby and they heard something happening. They saw the lights on in the post house. So they went over. So the wife survived. They they got he he'd gone by the time that the police officers got there but they were, obviously they were shouting saying who's going there okay. um so she survived and she gave a really really accurate photo fit of nielsen to the police mm. so it was spot on they later found out he spent his time renovating his house into flats as well so the money that he got from these post orders in property sensible decision much like i am myself i'm really worried though i'm gonna get some weird tenant living below me he's gonna be like we, you need to read the revetting process. Yeah, do I like the look of you or not? No. Like, how good at creeping are you? Because actually, you want someone that you can hear coming. Yeah. You don't want them creeping up to your flat upstairs, your no. house. 
So he also forced his daughter into hard labour randomly. Like he'd be like, right, those bricks over there, you're going to move them over here. Just, just to oh, be shit, mean. she was renovating the flat. Just for no reason. Like they didn't even need moving, just getting her to do stuff. But he was building up a large collection of guns as well. So he was, he had loads of guns. Um, I don't know where he's getting them. Obviously it's post-war Britain by this point. So it's a few knocking On the black around. market, getting off the spivs. Uh, he showed no remorse for the three murders that he'd committed. He didn't really care. The press were all over it. They were reporting of a man that was five foot six, stocky, dark hair, and saying that it was... Whiskers. The Black Panther. So his routine continued with joinery in the summer, robbing in the winter. Joinery in the summer, robbing in the winter. Police officers uh, from four different counties were looking for him because obviously he was travelling all over the place, all of the time. So you had people from all over looking for the Black Panther. Now, he'd... So he'd already killed people by this point. He yeah. was wanted by a lot of people. His family still had no idea that he was the one committing these murders. What job did they think he was doing? The police knew they were looking for someone who's targeting post offices. They knew that he was willing to kill. They knew he was doing it for the money. And he was always money motivated. Turns out he'd wallpapered with stamps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he thought of a way of making more money. So he decided that instead... Rent out your fucking flats, number one. If you want yeah. extra cash, I thought that was the plan. Long-term plan, that is. There's a lot of money in renting. So Nielsen wanted more money, so he decided that he was going to do kidnap him. He thought... Lump some, lot in one go, done, bish bash bosh, easy. A lot of overheads with kidnapping though. Yeah. You've got to feed them, you've got to bind them, so that's rope bills. Yeah. Unless he gets his daughter weaving her own. Yeah. I mean, never work with someone else, he said. No accomplices. A hostage, does that count as an accomplice? No. Liability, they're, they're definitely not up for it if they're hostage. <laughs> like, they're not into it. She was an accomplice. It was, she was crying the entire time and she said, take me back to my pub. No, she was up for it. She's in for it. So, I mean, sometimes you do get an accomplice. She was asking for it. She had a headband with a name on. So uh, he he decided on a victim. He went for... He said, basically, I'm going to have one of the Whittles. So there was a family. They had two kids called Whittle. The father had died and he'd received... Uh, she had received £82,000 from her father's death and the son had um, received 107000 So you had Leslie and Ronald. Now, so he had a favourite then. Well, originally he was going to go for Ronald, um, but then he decided that it would be easier to take Leslie and it just it just worked out. She was only 17. Because she was the least favourite. Yeah. She didn't get as much money. Because he's a bloody boy, isn't it? You want to take the favourite one, really, because then they're more likely to pay for him. So, yeah. yeah. Leslie, you can have 82, I guess. I mean, I'd be pretty annoyed if I was Leslie. Like, why would you not go fifty-fifty? Yeah. Why would you ever give one child more than the other? Because he's the older boy, and therefore. And what? More she's, deserving. She's he has got a, a penis. Attract a husband with that money. Yeah. January fourteenth, nineteen seventy-five. He went to their home in Highley, and he crept into her room and basically just took her. Easy as that. Like, there was no big plan. He went in the room and took her. Um, transported her in the back of his van through a series of tunnels to a drainage shaft in Staffordshire. So what this was, was it's like... What kind of weird tunnel network is this? Well, it said through tunnels, but I don't... It was in a park. Basically, it was like an underground... 
I mean, someone said 60 mm, foot sewers. down. So it almost was like sewers. She basically put her on a ledge, um, tied her up there with an, a wire noose around her neck. So she's on this ledge. Oh, so if she moved, then she So if she tries to escape, she'll fall and hang. That's twisted. And left her with, like, a sleeping bag or something so she didn't get hypothermia and some water. But... It, I mean, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And he left a note at the house and he basically said, I want 50000 That's fucked up. Because until now, he's just been robbing and things for money. But now that's verging on, like, really cruel and sadistic. Like, I think he was just thinking of an easy house. way where it's, like, she, no one's going to hear her because she's in the middle of nowhere. He said he wanted £50,000. I think he thought it'd be a quick job, give her back. I don't think he... I honestly don't think he really thought it through. Um, as it, I don't think he was thinking of it as cruel. I think he was just thinking, yeah, they'll pay, she'll go. Obviously, it's awful and terrifying for her, but I, I'm not sure he was tr- he was getting anything out of it in terms of her keeping. He wasn't like, he wasn't cracking one out over it. Like. No, I'm not saying, but it's really. It, it, I'm not saying he is enjoying it, but it, it's too detached. Yeah, no, yeah, he just didn't give a shit. The location he chose was Bathpool Park and he instructed Ronald to take £50,000 to a phone box near Birmingham and he said, don't contact the police, just bring the money and then I'll let her go, basically. So this note said all this stuff. First thing Ronald did was contact the police. Of course. Like, are there any stories where someone has paid a ransom without telling the police? Happy Valley. Not real, though, is it? <laughs> no, not real. It's good, though. Um, so within hours... The kidnap was leaked to the media and it was reported all over the UK. So the media was onto it and they were saying it. So the police really should have said, well, yes, we're involved, but we really keep it under wraps. But they actually weren't. They were kind of like rubbish at it and it just got out. So he knew now. He didn't seem phased by it, to be honest. He was like, I think he was a bit annoyed. The, the, the police slightly over. irritated but he's still like so they basically told ronald well now it's out there's no way he's going to still be at that ransom drop because they know that the media's onto it and he he'll be freaked but he went he went to get the money oh. and ronald hadn't left it there so that was another mistake on the police they said well no there's no way he'll still be down for this the girl's still missing so ronald on their Wait, advice they didn't catch him no ronald didn't go because the police said there's no way Nielsen will go and wait for that money now. Oh, uh, got it. Yeah. So they could have at least tried. Yeah. If the worst he can if the worst he can do is not show up, at least make the effort to go and stake it out. Yeah. No, they didn't. They were like, "There's no CBA. way." CBA. Uh, so he probably won't go. We'll just stay home tonight. That's the laziest policing I've ever heard of. Yeah. Well, they were like, there's no way with all the media around that he's going to turn up. Yeah, but at least t- send one lad, like yeah. just in case. Um, so Nielsen contacted Ronald again with the note and he left clues for where to leave the money. Um, so he had Was like, it like a riddle? It was like, go here, walk this far here. If the panther's prize you seek, leave the money by the creek. Yeah, very good. Um, and he just left these little notes around, but he was shit at it. He was so bad at writing the notes because he didn't use punctuation he did it on this weird like tape where you could it's like really long and thin and you can write one line and it just keeps going and going and it just did it like, on label maker basically yeah and he'd be like walk towards the 
tree and then step three paces right and there'll be another and it, but it was like what tree what are you talking about like it was the word he was terrible at it and it they further showed this in the documentary that i watched by fred dinage wandering around a similar field trying to find clues written by someone who purposely was trying to do them badly to show what it was like but it was an entertaining five minutes of television also he just left them lying around so people could go and tamper and mess with them oh anyone could look at the clues um so some weird geocaching experiment yeah first person to find her do a swap or leave a log yeah they would um, but you need the money like you can't just it's not you can't just unlock it you just you've got to pay the money you do have to pay if you want the good caches as well yeah Uh, it's like seven pounds and carry on (laughs) Ronald followed another demand to a phone booth in the same place where his sister had been for five days now. So this is five days after she'd gone missing. She'd been standing on that horrible edge. She'll be starving. Um, And he couldn't find the instructions for 20 minutes because the clue was, like, pushed down behind the... This is It's the worst. I mean, it was just really bad. Do you want the money or don't you? Because this is not the way to do it. This is the way to have people fucking pissed off. Yeah. I'd give up. So, if I don't win straight away, no, not playing your game, Monopoly. Monopoly's yeah. the fucking worst. I want to win in ten minutes or you're flipped. Monopoly is like the most... I don't think I've ever finished a game of Monopoly. Fuck these clues. Yeah, but he wants his sister back alive. I mean, that's... She's <laughs> only worth 82,000. <laughs> you're going to feel really bad in a minute. Oh, shit, uh, does she die? No! Yeah. So... He ends up in the wrong place. Nielsen stopped communication. Nielsen basically... It's Nielsen's like, fault! I didn't feel... I didn't kill her. I didn't write a shit. I'd have written a really good riddle. Like, you would have been entertained and informed by my riddle. Yes. And got to the right place and put the money in the girl exactly. would have gone away. So... My ransom note writing skills are top-notch. I mean, Nielsen had got to the point where he was like, oh, he's not going to give me the flipping money. Like, forget it. And he, communication stopped. Like, and obviously, oh, did, the, did the notes stop? Did they? The or terrible did just not notes find stop. Them? But the poor brother was desperately trying to. He was like, "Take the money. I want my sister back." Like, oh, honestly, he actually like, liked it then. Yeah, he actually just wanted to, to. But if it had been more simple, like leave the money by this place. Yeah. Like at the doorway of this shop, like or something. It'd have been done. Then it would have been done. It was just so convoluted and so messed up and. Like, Nielsen was not, like, he's not a writer. And it's like, Joe, when, like, kids try and write a questionnaire and then, like, they don't proofread it and then they let people answer it and everyone's like, what on, what are you talking about? And it's like, how many times a week? And it's like the most ridiculous thing. You're like, I don't know what you're asking me. Like, I think it was a bit like that. So nine weeks after her disappearance, a proper search of the area was finally done. Because he'd got the guy wandering around this park. Yeah, they knew it was in the park. Yeah, they'd gone around the park. Nine weeks after they finally actually checked. All they had to do was stake out the park and they'd have seen Nielsen running around tucking notes or inside Or stand there crevices. shouting, Leslie, are you here? I mean, I don't know, something. Um, they found it and she was dead. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just, like, starved to death? She'd... No. Um, originally, they thought that she had kind of starved and then fallen, but she was hanging. Um, and oh. when they have done... Um, they have found out that she she fell and it was the hanging that killed her, not the being there, not eating. So um, she was 60 foot underground 
uh, with a noose around her neck and she'd either been pushed or fallen. Now, Nielsen is adamant that she had fallen, um, but others think that maybe he got sick of it and just pushed her. Or she got sick of it and jumped. Maybe. But, I mean, horrific, absolutely horrific experience for that poor young girl. Only 17 years old. I mean, it's not fair, is it? No. So... Raids and kidnaps associated with the Black Panther stopped, um, but the police continued looking for Nielsen. Um, Good. Yeah, never gave up. Uh, in 1975, two police officers, Tony and Stuart, I like to think they, they had a laugh on the job, Tony and Tony Stuart, and Stew. were in a side road off the A60 in Mansfield when they spotted a small man carrying a hold on. They, basically, they didn't like the way he was walking. They said, that guy's walking a bit weird. Don't like the look of him. They said, right, well, let's go over. And they just started questioning him and said, what are you doing here with your bag, mate? See, I watched this documentary recently on Netflix. It's called, like, The 75th Precinct. And it's about corrupt police officers in New York. And basically they're saying, like, oh, after so many years on the job, like, you can spot who is a perpetrator by the way they're walking and the way they're looking. And basically they were saying that one guy from internal affairs when he looked at this police officer who was corrupt he was like when i watched him i got that feeling i could tell by the way he looked and the way that he was acting that he was he was acting like the criminals act and not like his yeah. he was weird he was saying like yeah you can just tell by the way that they're the way they're acting if yeah. they've done something shady yeah i mean i think that they they just didn't like the look of him they just thought he looked a bit weird um so when they did stop him he basically pulled out a shotgun and said Right, you you scoot in the back to the guy in the passenger seat and he got in the car. And they were like, shit. Um, Stuart's response was, fucking hell. (laughs) Which I liked. That's a proper Midlands response. Fucking hell. Um, So he climbed in and he he forced Stuart to drive at at gunpoint. And he asked to be driven to Blidworth, which was like a nearby village. And Stuart swung the car around. So... He was driving along. He was a bad man. Yeah, so he was driving along and he started like swinging to the right and swinging to the left in the car. This is how I always drive. So he swung it round and he opened the door and he rolled out. Nice. Yeah, I love Stuart. Oh, that must have looked sick. I know, he's cool. (laughs) And the gun gun went off and Tony shouted, he shot me. So Stuart's like, oh, crap. So Stuart, Stuart's like... He's willing to kill people now. Stuff it. Grabbed the shotgun, got Nielsen on the floor and said, I'll kill you, you bastard. <gasps> Which he admits... Stuart is so yeah. badass! He's old school. Uh, so love he, you, Stuart. He, I mean, he said, it's not the most professional, but he's like, I'll admit it now, I'll admit it now. You've caught the freaking Black Panther. No one's going to give a shit, mate. Like, you're, you're a hero. As long as you don't <laughs> actually kill him, you get to say the superhero yeah. line. So, Tony wasn't dead. Tony had been shot, he's but... He's just a bit melodramatic. <laughs> Uh, he helped hold Nielsen down and then a load of people came out the chippy and chimed in as well helped hold him down and the, obviously by now they'd realised he was the Black Panther because of him being short wearing black and all that yeah. um, so in the end poor Stuart had to hold the people back off from trying to kill him because they were like I mean obviously this poor Leslie she was a sweet girl and obviously we were up in arms about it everyone hated him for it 
So Nielsen was arrested. Uh, he didn't admit to anything. Um, in his house, they found a shit ton of guns. Um, and he was put on trial for the murder of four people. And his fingerprints were then found in the drainage shaft. So we know for sure it was him. Even though he's he never said... He's definitely there. He was found guilty and he was sentenced to five life sentences. So he was never... Just give him one big one. Yeah, he's never getting out. Because life isn't always life, is it? It's like 25 yeah, it's years. It's a stupid name for it. Like, you'll have a life sentence. The life of a 25-year-old. What does a 25-year-old know? That's not a life. The two policemen were each given a medal. Quite rightly. And Nielsen died um, in prison on the 20th of December 2011. So he's gone. Bye. Bye. And that's my murder. Mm. So it's bye from Nielsen. And it's bye from us. And listening to Slaughter doesn't make you a psycho. But fucking writing riddles and shoving them in cracks. That kind of does. If you're sick of us bitches interrupting each other all the time, but you still want some great UK true crime, then check out They Walk Among Us. It's well-researched and a great palate cleanser after some of the bullshit that us two come out with. Bye! The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.